Let's go! What the hell is that? I don't know. <laughs> Welcome to the Foolish Wanderers Podcast. Why must I be surrounded by fools? Welcome, Wanderer. Hey, Wanderers. Welcome back to the Foolish Wanderers Podcast. The podcast where we talk about anything and everything. Anything and everything in between. And also <laughs> donkeys. Donkeys? Yeah. When have we talked about donkeys? Never, but you know, we're good. <laughs> Before we get into the main subjects of this video, we're going to start off with Kendra's useless fact of the day. Woo! All right. Today's useless fact of the day is Wimbledon. I should probably get on with it. <laughs> <laughs> what if saw me? Okay. You're so froze, just like, word, okay. I was like, oh yeah, I gotta. <laughs> you can't read minds. I forgot. Oh, like, okay, anyway. So, Wimbledon <laughs> tennis balls are kept at exactly 68 degrees Fahrenheit. So, the temperature of tennis balls, um, they affect how ball bounces. And the, at warmer temperatures, the gas molecules inside the balls they expand, making the balls bounce higher. And a tennis ball at a lower temp will cause the molecules to shrink and making the ball bounce lower. So to make sure the best tennis balls are used in Wimbledon, they go through about 50,000 tennis balls Dang. per tournament. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a lot. Is that, so it's like one per serve then? I, you know, I'd have to look at the, watch the actual <laughs> Wimbledon and I don't want to. But <laughs> I feel like the ball boy has like a temp like one of those temp guns just like, like <laughs> thermometer guns and it's just, just like, like has you. the ball and then it's just like dee, 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 dee. and then he's like oh my gosh it's 98.7 you have a fever and then like throws it away. <laughs> you're sick get out of here you're not what's, welcome. Six, what's 68 degrees in celsius for our international in listeners. celsius yeah he's like 20 something i look it up for our international fans okay. yeah it's 20 degrees celsius Hey. Why does America do this? Because we're special. <laughs> I don't think we're special. We're stubborn. Oh, we're like, very stubborn. Wasn't like, it? What year was it that they were trying to? It was in to... the late 70s. They That's tried was... to con They tried to be like, why? 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 Why America? Why are we in? Why are we different? Why are we stubborn? Why, why are we stubborn? Why are we using Fahrenheit? Why are we using inches and feet? Why aren't we using yeah. the metric system? They tried. We were too stubborn. Yeah, we are too stubborn. So it didn't happen. <laughs> Unfortunately. Well, unfortunately. Yeah, so we're the only... I think... Is there one other country in the world? Or are we the only country in the entire world that does not use the metric system? I thought I heard that there was one other country, but I don't, I'm not for sure. Alright. Yeah, because I use the metric system at work. Oh, do you? I, I only use the metric system at work. It's yeah. very weird. If I have to measure something, I'm like, oh, this is like 120 <laughs> millimeters. And then I'm like, oh, wait, that'd be like five inches. I'm like, okay. Yeah, if you're working with like, other countries, like, manufacturing-wise, yeah, you have to convert it no matter what. Or at least, like, or you just do it automatically and just make it metric instead of having to convert it later, which is uh -huh. I don't know. America's weird. Yes. <laughs> we special. We're special. Very special. Anyway, people, if you're going to Wimbledon, like, don't watch the actual tennis game. Like, just start <laughs> counting how many times the ball is switched <laughs> Do they have like a? They must have like a giant temperature controlled thing, right? They must. 
I don't know. <laughs> She's like, get your tennis balls. Yeah, I mean, I got this. <laughs> the useless, the Kendra's useless fact of the day. I mean, I'm only going to give you a little bit of the information. <laughs> I can't have people being too smart, right? You can only learn That's a little true. bit. It's I just mean, useless facts anyway. It's just it's useless fact. facts. So if you're at the water cooler or you're at school or doing whatever else you're doing, everyone's like, hey, how you doing? How you doing, Greg? And you're like, did you know that Wimbledon keeps their balls at 68 degrees Fahrenheit that, and also 20 degrees Celsius? And they go, no, I, I did not know that, Greg. <laughs> what? How do they keep the balls cool? I don't know. Have a nice day. <laughs> and then you go. Just walk away. You just walk away. Just leave. Just, yeah. just drop the knowledge on you and leave. <laughs> yeah. A knowledge. Yeah. Knowledge drop. Just get you a microphone and then at the end of every segment, you just drop it. Knowledge like, drop. Knowledge drop. It should be like a brain, like a fake brain. Oh. A fake brain. Okay. And it's going. That works. And it goes on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ew. A knowledge dump. No. I like it. <laughs> dump on, yeah, dump on your coworkers. Give them the knowledge. Dump knowledge on the coworkers. Dump all over them. I like it. Knowledge dump. Knowledge Ooh, dump. It sounds, it sounds like... It sounds, it sounds like, intellectually dirty. Oh, I just thought of like a garbage dump with a bunch of brains in it. But oh, I thought of... <laughs> <laughs> Very different directions. Like usual. Yeah. And this concludes your random fact of the day with Kendra. What are we getting into today, Katrina? On this, right. is this our 16th episode? This will be the 17th, actually. Oh my goodness, this is the 17th episode yeah. already. Wow. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. All right, um, people. Thank you for hanging in there. Yeah, thank you so much for listening to us thus far. And please don't forget to share it with your friends, your coworkers, and pass it on at the cooler. Just like, hey, listen to this funny podcast. This share is where I get all my knowledge from. <laughs> share it with your grandma. Your grandma would love this. <laughs> so our main topics for today are alien pancakes, and then Kendra's going to get into some weird scams, some strange, mm-hmm. unusual scams. But first, we're going to talk about the strange encounter of a man that received some interesting intergalactic pancakes from a strange little man. Were they, were they like, real pancakes? I have so many questions. I'm just <laughs> writing them down. <laughs> All right. I'll put a picture of um, these so-called pancakes on Instagram, so that you guys can, like, see what we're talking about and um, then oh wait and then the instagram if you guys gotta see our instagram is at foolish wanderers podcast yep yep <laughs> all right so our first story we're talking about some alien pancakes so on a is it spring or summer april spring right i'd say spring summer mm-hmm. in some places winter in others it doesn't really matter <laughs> Okay, so in April 1961, apparently there's three aliens that came to visit a man by the name of Joe Simonton on his farm in Eagle River, Wisconsin. Joe Simonton? Joe Simonton. That's kind of a classy name. Yeah, he was about 60 years old at the time. Um, And basically what happened is this craft, this alien ship came down on his farm in the middle of the day randomly. It was like 11 o'clock in the morning, so broad daylight. And apparently he could see into this UFO, kind of, I think he said that it had like a clear kind of top, like a window in it. So we could see these people, like these small people, making what looked like pancakes through the window. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> That's what he claims. He Wait, just says, was it like a saucer? Like an alien? Like a, like yeah, a it was like a flying saucer. Like flying saucer when like, they had that stupid like bubble top sort of. <laughs> I think so. I think Half, that's what, like dome. I think that's what he said. It's it kind of changes a little bit. Like it's like UFO saucer, 
depends on which article you read. Okay. But yeah, it's some sort of alien ship. Um, I guess these like these little people were making pancakes, and so he apparently was like looking at them, and then they didn't really notice him at first. But when they did, he they, I think he said he waved at them, and then they opened up the hatch, and he kind of motioned to the pancakes, and so they gave him a few. And he gave him a sack of little pancakes, and then they asked him for water, so he gave him lots of water, and they're like, okay, thanks, and then they left. <laughs> that was pretty much his encounter, and that's the end of the story. Pretty much. Well, wait a second. So he tried these pancakes, though, and he said that they were the driest, most bland pancakes I've ever <laughs> tasted. And so <laughs> apparently he took his stack of pancakes for analysis to the Air Force to get them tested. Um, and they took it to a food and drug laboratory of the U.S. Department of Health, and Education and Welfare. Basically, they found that these pancakes were made of hydrogenated fats, starch, buckwheat hulls, soya bean hulls, and wheat bran. So... A very uh, dry, <laughs> fibrous pancake. Yeah, and that was his encounter. Wait, so we gotta back up because my brain is trying to process this <laughs> insane claim. Okay. So he's doing farm work. I don't know yep. what that entails. Doing yep. something. It's 11 o'clock. It's too late for pancakes to begin with. Never too late for pancakes. Pancakes like, are delicious. But it's any like, time of the day. But I'd be like a. A- wouldn't an alien want to be like efficient? Why would they want to be eating pancakes at eleven in the morning? Who knows? It's like, that's close to. It's like a brunch where they having mimosas yeah, too. Did he see the <laughs> popping champagne in the saucer? I don't know. Well, I think if they're as health conscious of eating like brand pancakes, I don't think they'd be having mimosas with it. <laughs> I mean, there's orange juice in there. That's like that's good for you. Kind good of vitamin C. Depends on how much sugar you put in it. But anyways, yes. So he sees them cooking pancakes. Mm-hmm. So w- did he say what they were actually doing while they were cooking, like cooking pancakes? So what do you just, mean? Like, just like, how did he know they were cooking pancakes? Were like one was one like pouring batter onto like a griddle, <laughs> and then the other one was like flipping, and then another alien was like holding a plate, and then they were just stacking the pancakes onto the plate, or? I mean, how does one, like, see, like, someone cooking and they're like, pancakes? <laughs> pancakes. I think, well, in, like, the short articles and stuff I've read, again, there's not a whole lot on this claim. But I think is like, what he said was, like, one of them was making pancakes and other ones were doing, like, other testing or whatever, like, flying the ship and stuff. <laughs> there's just, I don't know. He didn't, they didn't go into detail. Like, he didn't say, like, oh, this one was mixing a batter and this one was flipping the pancake. And he just, like... There's like flat little cakes on the griddle, and then he was like, "They're pancakes." <laughs> so technically, they could possibly not have been intended for eating. I don't know, but were they intended? I needed to know what they were intended for. <laughs> I don't know. I'm assuming so eating. I, so were they but... like? Dr- I feel like they were like driving like long distance, like cross galactic planet, whatever travel, and they were mm-hmm. like, "Hey, gleep glop fleep." They're like. <laughs> I'm hungry. Make me a stack. And he's like, okay. And he just makes, starts making pancakes. And then they just happen to go past this farmer. And the farmer's like, hey, pancakes. I see you making them. So like, I think. <laughs> and then he motions to them to <laughs> throw me some down. And they do. <laughs> and he's like, they suck. Yeah. Well, I think part of it, too, is like they asked him for water. So they must have needed water for something. So I think that's why technically they landed. They're using water in their pancakes instead of like milk. I have no idea. Are they going to make more pancakes? (laughs) We need more water for these bland dry pancakes. They're too dry. We need water. 
Yeah, they're using like barley. Yeah, it was like buckwheat. Buck, buckwheat, right? Buckwheat, yeah. It's yeah like buckwheat holes, hydrogenated fats, starch, buckwheat holes, soya bean holes, and wheat bran. That just sounds like sandpaper. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like you just like like any high fibrous cereal, pretty much. I can't believe. Can you imagine being like the Air Force officer <laughs> who's like working at his desk? Nothing really exciting happens, and then all of a sudden, this crazy farmer with a very classy name, John Simple Singleton, Simpleton, Simonton. Okay, Simonton comes with like a stack of flapjacks. You're like. Oh, that's nice. This guy is bringing me us flapjacks. Oh, that's so kind of him. And then they he's like, like small though too. So it's like if oh, he they was, were small. Yeah, here, let me show you the photo of it. Hold on. And then they're like, "Can you test these?" They look like very burnt, very. Yeah, that looks like fish skin. Katrina showing does. For people listening, Katrina's showing me an image of this, and the guy just looks like he's holding like alligator skin. Yeah, it's, it's like just, it looks uh, like there's too much like bubbles in it. So tryptophobic people should not look at this image. It's but just, um, it's icky. How, okay. Who looks at this image and thinks it's a like a pancake, like a flapjack? It just looks like a chunk of like dry <laughs> like dandruff from like a giant. Like it's, yeah. it's God's dand it's God's dandruff. Yeah. It looks gross. That's not a pancake. I don't know. If you saw them cooking it on a grill or something, I suppose that'd give you more insight to their pancake like. And he ate wait, and he ate that thing? Yeah, he tasted one. Yeah, he ate one. Wow. But yeah, it's very much it's very bubbly, very like burnt looking, very crispy and thin. I would never put that in my mouth. (laughs) Yeah, no, I don't think I would either. Um, especially not if something I didn't know gave it to me. Yeah. So what? Okay, so we're at the end of the story. So mm-hmm. do you think he's lying? <laughs> do you think he's lying, or do you think he really had aliens make him pancakes and give him pancakes? Uh, okay, so here's I'll read you a couple of theories that people have suggested. Okay. okay, so there's four technical theories here. So one, Simonton basically made a hoax and he made up these pancake things, and is saying that he like made up the story. No, um, not the man with the classy name. <laughs> no. Not him. Wait, a boring farmer in Wisconsin came up with a hoax? What? <laughs> no. A bored farmer? What? No. A bored old man came up with something that was a joke? What? No. Why? It's kind of crazy, though, if you made it up, like, go to the Air Force and, like, have them tested. Like, that's, that's a little far, rather than just, like, like, oh, yeah, I got these pancakes from aliens. You're like, that's, that's some dedication right there. <laughs> but, yeah, so theory two, um, he basically, like, he hallucinated the UFO and the aliens, like, thought it, like, he was under the influence of drugs. Um, and then they say that while he was in this state, he snatched a pile of pancakes off the windsill of Miss O'Leary down the lane. So basically stole pancakes from someone when he was intoxicated. That's theory two. Um, wait, okay, wait. But <laughs> so if a woman, a, an old woman named Mrs. O'Leary was making jacked up looking pancakes <laughs> like that, she needs to be put in jail because those look no. disgusting. No, people got to see those images. They look disgusting. Yeah, so theory number three is that someone decided, probably human, decided to pull a prank on him, basically dressing up as these aliens 
and somehow flew in this <laughs> and made these pancakes for him and gave him pancakes. Also, with that theory, it says, or some sort of psychological propaganda experiment conducted by scientists, the government, Russian agents, the Bavarian Illuminati, etc. The some- wait, the <laughs> what Illuminati? The Bavarian? Illuminati. Bavarian Illuminati. So the Bavarian Illuminati. So Bavaria yeah. is a region in Germany. Mm-hmm. Sort of. I think it's southern Germany. There's a southern yeah. Germany Illuminati? I have no idea. I like it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm writing that down right now. I'm going to search this later. <laughs> okay. Um, was, he, then- was he like, why do they think the Illuminati? I got to know. Is he like some sort of... I don't know, I just thought like it was like some sort of like experiment gone wrong with some sort of like secret agency or something. Okay. So they I was just like to, they just threw it are in. Are they there. trying to open up like a alien diner and they were just trading <laughs> alien like, pancakes short cooks or something? Test our pancakes, here's a taste test. Yeah, they're gonna open up an intergalactic diner and the aliens were they're like just Phineas just- and Ferb. But theirs are successful. Oh well maybe <laughs> this one is too, you just aren't invited. Oh, okay. It's probably not. It's probably not in business anymore. If that's the kind of pancakes that they yeah. were serving, so yeah, you gotta get some milk. You gotta get some butter. You gotta get some good flour. I not the healthy cream, stuff. Man. You gotta get the. You use cream. Oh, oh yeah. Fancy. Oh, it's good. It sounds good. Heavy cream. It's great. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And then the last theory they say is something really, really weird happened to Joe Simonton. So he actually did see aliens. So there's kind of like either he's crazy, he was under drugs, or it really happened. I like to think that it really happened. And somewhere out there, there's an <laughs> alien cooking up a hot stack right now. A hot stack of horrible pancakes. Yep. That's what I like to think too. Let's go with that story. Okay. <laughs> Should we get into some crazy scams? Yes. Let's get into some crazy scams. Do you know any like famous scams throughout history that's happened before? Um, I guess I know like the general like snake oil scam, like where people try to sell you stuff that doesn't really work. They just like try to make a quick buck. And there's a lot of that nowadays. Um, but as far as like big scams, like you kind of briefly touched on like the fire festival thing that we watched that documentary in mm-hmm. in college. That was hilarious. <laughs> that was hilarious. So messed up. It was funny. <laughs> uh what else? I guess it's kind of like the biggest one that comes to mind right away. Okay. Anyway, Hollywood, as we all know, and Netflix love scams. Yes. Everybody <laughs> does. Okay. I got to made up a list, so we're going to get into some of these right now. So first one on the list. I thought this one was funny. It's selling the Brooklyn Bridge. Oh, I think I've heard of this one, yeah. Okay, yeah. So the Brooklyn Bridge, for anyone that does not know, is a very famous bridge, iconic bridge of the Manhattan skyline. And Manhattan, of course, is in New York. We have a good New York <laughs> accent. The Yacht. some coffee. That's Boston, I guess, That's, isn't it? That's I don't Boston. know. I can never tell. But yeah. They sound, <laughs> they sound the same to me. I'm sorry. Don't come for me. I know they're different. We're very Midwestern. We have very Midwestern accents. Yeah, I mean, we sound like cartoon characters. I'm, and, yeah. So I'm sorry. I'm so, so I'm sorry. There you go. Anyway, yeah. So selling the Brooklyn Bridge. I don't think that made it better. Okay. That didn't make it better. But we're moving on. Okay. Selling the Brooklyn Bridge. So this, this is a classic of the scam. It's like the scam world. It's very famous. Um, 
It was first attempted by in the 1800s by a very famous con man named George. Oh my gosh, George, not George. 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 George C. Parker, who also sold the Metropolitan Museum of Art, the Met. How? What? The Statue of Liberty. No. And Madison, <laughs> Madison Square Garden. Um, it became such a popular trick that it's the origin of this saying. I've never heard this saying, but apparently it's a very famous saying. If you believe that, I've got a bridge I can sell you. I've never heard of that. Yeah, so basically, he's just really, he's, fav- he's just famous for trying to sell New York landmarks. He was hustling. He was trying. He was <laughs> so basically, he would set up like fake sales offices and he'd like forge documents to support his cons. So forging documents is very illegal. Yeah. So yeah. So one of his most popular places was on Ellis Island, where is very famous for where immigrants came into. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, yeah. he tried to take advantage of them. Yes. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, so his most famous con is selling the Brooklyn Bridge. Um, legend, I don't think this is real. This is a legend. This is a myth. This is not fact. But it's claimed that he has sold He sold it at least twice a week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so once was for $50,000, and then the new owner would be discovered, who would, like, discover he was a victim of a con when he was, like, by, when, like, the New York, city police officers would like stop the new owners from like setting up toll booths in the middle of the bridge or trying to direct like deflect traffic from the bridge you know you're the new owner you're like uh prancing on the bridge with your forged (laughs) documents like i own the bridge i own the bridge (laughs) oh no i thought that one was funny i'm surprised he like how long did it take before he got caught he finally got caught in 1928. It was his third conviction for conning oh my gosh. people of Brooklyn. And then he was sentenced to life imprisonment to Sing Sing Prison, where he died. And I did not know what Sing Sing meant because I kept seeing like n- newspaper headlines that said like mm. Parker to- goes to Sing Sing. And I was <laughs> like, what Sing Sing? <laughs> <laughs> But I have to, I was just kind of like, oh, it sounds kind of cheery, Sing Sing. I'm like, maybe it's like a theater camp or something. But no, it's a prison. But no, he went to prison for trying, for conning people. But I thought it's funny because he tried to sell the Met. He sold the Met. He sold the Statue of Liberty, Madison Square Garden, and the Brooklyn Bridge several times. Oh my gosh. Like, you'd think too, like, after you sell a couple of times, you're like, okay, before I get caught, I'm going to like go across like to california or something before i get too stuck in this otherwise you're gonna get caught very quickly i'm glad he did get caught and yeah it's fun plus i mean i don't know how i'm gonna i'm gonna try to use this saying but i don't really know how i'm gonna use it (laughs) but if you believe that i've got a bridge i can sell you basically you're gullible yeah i'm gonna (laughs) yeah that's a fun one i'm gonna try to use that one okay so the next one on our list is the original ponzi scheme now, Katrina, do you know what a Ponzi scheme is? Isn't it like... Oh, wait, no, that's a pyramid scheme. Not entirely, no. Okay, so a Ponzi scheme is when a person takes money from investors for a fraudulent business product. So the investor, as the investor, you think that your money, that they're going to get paid back in legitimate revenue from the business that you invested in, right? 
but mm-hmm. it actually comes from new investors. So it's struck. It's like a pyramid scheme. So it's like structured like a pyramid scheme, kind of what you were thinking, okay. right? Mm-hmm. Still confused. No problem. I have more stuff. So let's say a person <laughs> takes five hundred bucks from two first round investors. With that, a thousand dollars pocketed. That person must find another batch of investors to pay at least $1,000 combined in order to pay back the initial investors and hopefully make a profit. So this the chain reaction continues to get bigger in terms of people and money invested. Oh, okay. So basically, okay. So you're basically paying, getting the second people down the line to pay off the first or people the, Yeah. And then you just okay. pot, you're just pocketing. Yes, 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 yes. That's a headache <laughs> waiting to happen. Yep. And very illegal. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it, yeah. Extremely illegal. Anyway, so the original Ponzi scheme, that is the Ponzi scheme. We're going to talk about the OG of the Ponzi scheme. So, so the Ponzi scheme can be, best be summed up with the idiom, borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. So you're bar- <laughs> so that's the, <laughs> that's the idiom for it. Borrowing from Peter to pay Paul. Oh, okay. Uh, so the man who lent his name to the con was Charles Ponzi, who ranked in an estimated $15 million in eight months by persuading tens of thousands of Bostonians that he had unlocked the secret to easy wealth. So the moral... Yep, he kind of did. <laughs> yeah, so the end of the story is he did, but he didn't. <laughs> Wait, so how much did that last investor, last couple of investors have to give them then? Because, like, how do you ever, like, get them back? And then they're going to get mad and try to take it out on you. So it's like, you're never going to have free money, technically. No. Wait, I got to look all this up now. (laughs) Okay. You come up with good questions and then I'm like, (laughs) He would, the thing is, you never pay them back. You just are taking... You just lie, like he would lie and say that he was from Italy because he's Italian. He's Pon- Charles Ponzi. He would just okay. be like, "Oh, I'm from. I just immigrated from Italy from like a well-to-do family." Oh, I thought you had to pay back the first investors then. Sometimes you like would give like a little bit back just to be like impress them, and then be like, "Go tell your friends." Oh, your gotcha. friends would then go and, like. Inv- give back money with then... money invest and then you would just take the money and leave take the money and run away take very quickly very fast basically he began with nothing and he ended up the same way but his name is associated with a very horrible act called the punk scheme <laughs> not the best thing to be known for years down the line but you know nope. he had his 15 minutes of fame okay the next one is you'll like this one I think okay it is the fake archduchesses. Okay. So have you seen the 1997 animated sh- uh, movie Anastasia? Yeah, I love that movie. Uh-huh. So this is... Oh, so like they someone pretended to be her and then like to try to get some of the wealth from the... Many people. Many... Oh, no. Okay, so if you do not know or have not seen the 1997 movie animated movie mm-hmm. anastasia or i think it's a musical right or it's it was a musical, a musical yeah. on broadway yeah. it mm-hmm. is a, a basically about a real event historical event about the russian czar nicholas ii um him and his family were executed so the movie is about um the daughter supposedly escaping anastasia mm-hmm. and 
that she was not executed with the rest of her family in 1917 during the Russian beginning is the beginning of the, it's the beginning of the Russian revolution. It's basically the fall of the czar and that family. Um, following the execution, the handful of imposters came forward over the years claiming to be one of the five deceased Romanov children. Mm. They hoped to claim, obviously they wanted fame, riches, yeah, whatever they could get. And the most famous of them was a woman named Anna Anderson, who spent decades posing as Anastasia. So like they believed her. They actually believed that she was Anastasia. Oh, yeah. So, like, was any of her family, any of the Romanov family still alive then out of the country? Or was it... That's a great question. <laughs> okay. I'm not a historian. That's okay. So, like, who did they, who did they have to try to trick to make believe that they were the missing kids? Like, the press... Oh, okay. So it wasn't like their actual family that they were like, oh, I'm this person. Okay. But here we go. So nearly for a decade, Anderson bounced between castles and homes, dependent on kindness of royal or wealthy strangers. Oh, no. Yeah, basically Anastasia's old nursemaid and her former tutor and other former royal employees, flatly, well, flatly, not fatly, could have done it flatly, but flatly denied she was genuine, she wasn't the real and Princess Anastasia. Yeah. But they'd know her the best, too, like, the people right next to her, like, they'd know what she looked like and how she acted, so. Mm-hmm. Those are people you trust. Yep. It always makes me upset, too, like, when kids of monarchs are executed, because they didn't do anything, they're just... No. They they're just there. They, they I, uh, it's very sad. Which is that was a sad one, but we're going to move on to less sad ones, but it's still despicable. This whole this whole list is despicable. Oh, yes. This whole episode is despicable. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get to the nineteen fifties quiz show scandals. So huh. in the nineteen fifties, rigging the outcome of these popular programs was its own was a genre of fraud on its own. Um so the producers and the contestants collaborated they collaborated together to make it more and more of an entertaining show so <laughs> it would be like i'll give you an example so there was a show called 21 so this is before jeopardy but it was a quiz show sort oh, of the same um what is it called same Cascade format the, yes yeah, format, format yeah. as jeopardy <laughs> um so the most the famous perpetrator the perpetrator his name is Charles Van Doren, and he was a champion of the TV show 21. And he was forced to resign from his teaching position at Columbia University, which, oh, is, which is a very famous Ivy League college here in America. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was forced to z- resign from his position when the deception was revealed. His downfall was chronicled in the 1994 film Quiz Show, and it followed the scandals public trust in game shows was so low at that time after this came out that jeopardy's iconic answer in the form of a question format was specifically designed to be scam proof so that's why in jeopardy you have to jeopardy you have to answer in the form of a question okay so like this so the guy the professor he basically was like the main technically like main contestant on the show and like he basically worked with them to get he all kept, the answers like, correct winning basically okay so basically like knew all the answers and then they're like you got all this money yeah so the viewers didn't know realize that the shows were rigged oh and it was like yeah so popular contestants were and motivated producers and sponsors they all sort of colluded together to manipulate the outcome of the quizzes 
That's messed up. Yeah, it takes all the fun out of it, too, since, like, you get excited, like, on The Price is Right and stuff, people are all excited about going and, like, doing the stuff, and, like, to, like, to know that it's rigged, that one well, person... the new stuff isn't. It might be rigged, I know. but, I mean, yeah. It's less likely to be, yeah. So, yeah, yeah fixing the shows there isn't illegal, but it's definitely not, it's not ethical. <laughs> no, not at all. Next one. This is the one that I recognize as being real. So, the many identities of Frank Abagnale Jr., so, have you ever seen the movie called Catch Me If You Can? I've heard. I've, I think I've seen pieces of it. It's a two. It's from two thousand and two, and it is a film starring Leonardo DiCaprio as the famous con man Frank Abagnale Jr., and then Tom Hanks plays an FBI agent. Okay. It's really good. It's a good movie. Add to the watch list. It's fun. But anyway. <laughs> So at age 16, Frank Abagnale, Abagnale Jr. Began, began an illustrious career as an imposter. He's posed as a pilot, a doctor, and an attorney. He oh, became wow. And he became an expert at forging checks and other documents. And he was arrested at age 21. Oh, dang. That's how much damage kid. he did in that short time. But he was eventually released from prison early on the condition that he assist the FBI in catching other frauds. So he just like basically wrote fake checks and like pretended to be these people. Yeah, he would like buy pilot outfits. And <laughs> <laughs> what year was this again? This was in. I gotta look. I gotta look. Why wouldn't they have the year in this? <laughs> article that i freaking why do you keep coming up with answers <laughs> katrina that aren't in the article <laughs> that's my job and then i have to go on like this witch hunt and i'm like where is there you could have asked any question You'd be okay like, what was his hair color it? is that better what was his hair color? <laughs> okay dark dark brown. okay Oh my lord, now I gotta look this up. Oh, what is the damn year? <laughs> I'm guessing early 1900s. That's my guess. He got caught in 1965. Oh, so it was like, it was like in the 50s. It's in the oh, late 60s. It's in the late 50s. Dang. Mid 60s. But yes, he's, a young he's kid. famous for impersonating a Pan Am pilot because in that time oh. Pan Am was sort of the luxury airline to fly on. Um, so he flew as a passenger more than one million miles oh on gosh. more than two hundred and fifty flights and flew to twenty six countries by deadheading. What does that mean? So deadheading, it's the practice. It's like free of charge. You dress up as uh, a pilot. So if you worked for Pan Am, you could deadhead on flights. Oh, so you got like a free flight to your next yes. job or whatever. Yep. Okay. They're definitely not a like an option nowadays because no. security and everything. Also, as a company pilot, he was also able to stay at hotels free. Oh, shit. So he's a smart kid. He's Dang. very smart. Very intelligent. And expenses such as food were billed to the airline company. Probably eat lobster and steak every night. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. So he did do he did impersonate a doctor. So for eleven oh. months, Abagnale impersonated a chief resident pediatrician in a Georgia hospital under the alias of Doctor Frank Williams. So he actually was in the hospital, like working, giving fake advice, like fake. He was the resident pediatrician. So yes. So he got freaked out because he was scared he was gonna get caught. He retired temporarily in Georgia. 
And then when filling out a rental application, he impulsively listed his occupation as doctor, <laughs> fearing that his like, um, landlord might check with Pan Am if he wrote pilot. <laughs> After befriending a real doctor who lived in the same apartment complex as Abagnale, he agreed to act as a supervisor of resident interns until at a local hospital until he could find someone else to take the job the position was not solely administrative as since claimed but it wasn't so how he wrote in his book is that he didn't really have to do anything because there were interns that were eager to impress him or take charge or show that they could do stuff so he could just be like yeah just go ahead do that and so in the movie, during this scene where he's pretending to be a doctor with the mm-hmm. interns, he that one of the interns asks him for some advice. He comes over. He's like, yes, yes, that looks good. Do you concur, doctor? And he asks the intern. He's like, do you concur? And the intern's like, what? Well, what's <laughs> concur? He's like, do you concur? The intern's like, what? Uh, yeah, I concur. But uh, the funny thing is that Frank Abagnale had been watching a TV show about doctors. And the <laughs> doctor was using the word concur. So he thought like, oh, since he's a kid, he's like, oh, I'll just use concur. It's link- like to sound like a doctor. I love that they thought that this this kid was like an actual full-fledged doctor even though he's like obviously younger than them. Yes. That kind of blows my mind. Yep. Did he, he didn't have like prosthetics or anything. He just like dressed up as these people, right? Yeah, he just dressed up. Oh my gosh. And people believed him. Some people are like that. Some people have that gift where they're just they yeah, seem so trustworthy true. and honest and they're able to convince yeah. you and everything. Yeah, so mm-hmm. Thank God he didn't kill anyone, but he did also pose as an attorney. So while posing (laughs) as a Pan Am first officer, um, and the name for the officer was Robert Black, um, Abagnale forged a Harvard University law transcript, and he passed the Louisiana bar exam. He passed it. Where are his parents? Like, what happened to his parents? In the movie, his parents, like, divorce, and he doesn't take it well, so he runs away. That's what the movie portrays i didn't really okay. look at his beginning life but because it's not exciting well no the rest of the stuff is fun anyway so he passed as well he's pretending to be a lawyer he passed the louisiana bar exam he passed it in like, the movie did? yeah in like, the movie oh they asked like how did you pass tom hanks he's like how did you pass and he answers he's like oh i studied all night or i studied he actually studied the law that's impressive it. though like imagine if he used his brain like his actual intelligent brain to like do something good like well i mean he does at the end when he gets released from prison he does for the rest of his life he does help the fbi but like starting out from like a kid like you could do so much Uh oh yeah Yeah, wow once he passed louisiana bar he got a job at the louisiana state attorney general's office at the age of 19 he is 19 years old he's not 20 he's still a teenager technically so despite failing twice he claimed to have passed the bar exam legitimately on the third try after eight weeks of studying. That's crazy. And he spent a total of eight months as a fake attorney. Could you imagine the anxiety, though, too, that, like, be running through your brain, like, trying not to get caught? I, I can't imagine, but, Mm-mm. I mean, he's had an insane... He was 19 years old! I know, that's nuts. You're still a kid, too. He's a teenager. Dang. That's cool. So, yeah, if you want to watch a good movie, it's a great movie. Catch me if you can. It's great. It's got Leonardo DiCaprio, Tom Hanks, and it's got Christopher Walken in it. And he has this, like, stupid, like, fun little um, catchphrase of his character. He's like, 
Two mice fell into a bucket of cream. The first mice gave up and drowned. The second mouse struggled so hard he turned that cream into butter, and he walked out. What mouse are you? I have to think about that one for a second. <laughs> All right, we're going to move on to the other next one on my list. It's the real Wolf of Wall Street. So it's okay. the about the it's the it's about the real guy, the real Jordan Belfort, who was based on the movie The Wolf of Wall Street, if you've heard of that. It I've also heard of it. Never watched it. Okay, it, you'd hate it. It also stars um, Leonardo DiCaprio. So the pump and dump scheme of Jordan Belfort were first exposed by, exposed by Forbes magazine back in 1991 when Forbes described him as a twisted version of Robin Hood who robs from the rich and gives to himself and his merry band of brokers. So Belfort would go on to spend 22 months in prison for his crimes and in 2020 he sued the filmmakers for his biopic <laughs> For three hundred million dollars, the same, the exact same amount that the movie made at the box office. No. <laughs> <laughs> what year did that movie come out again? Um, twenty third. You always ask me the great <laughs> questions <laughs> of things that are not in the that I didn't write down. <laughs> oh, Sorry. now I gotta look this up. What twenty thirteen? Okay. So there we go. Oh my god! All right, the McMillian scam. <laughs> Is this a McDonald's scam? Yeah, the McDonald's oh, scam. Wait, is this a Monopoly McDonald's scam? Yeah, it's the Monopoly okay. McDonald's scam. So, you know, they used to have this. Every yeah. year, McDonald's would have a yearly Monopoly promotion. I used to love I used to hope I'd get, like, a Xbox or something. Never happened. Never. Ha- of course it didn't, because it's a scam. But you, uh. what you may not know is that for a significant chunk of its history, an ex-cop named Jerome Jacobson... Fixed the game so that he and his network won almost every prize for 12 years until the FBI launched Operation Final Answer. The tale is so elaborate and unbelievable that HBO adapted it into a six-episode docuseries called McMillions. There's also a podcast for it. McMillions. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Oh, but yes. It's like, how selfish and corrupt can you be to do this? Like, did they work for McDonald's? Or did they just, like, hack a system somewhere? Like, how did they even fix it so they could win? Oh. It's just another question to Google. <laughs> I gotta go in my article and dig it out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Pause for dramatic effect. <laughs> okay. It's this whole podcast, I'm making you upset. You're like, what is it? I'm like, <laughs> I won't ask any more questions then. <laughs> like a test! <laughs> like a quiz! Oh my land. Now I gotta. <laughs> Do you want me to look it up? You look it up! Okay. <laughs> I'll do your job. <laughs> do my job for me. <laughs> says, it was Jacobson who, who watched the winning pieces being printed, who locked them away in a vault, who sealed them up and tucked them into his vest and f- flew from factory to factory to hide them in McDonald's packaging, according to Daily Beast, which looked back on the case years later. 
Okay, so it says Jacobson went into private security work after having served briefly as a police officer in Hollywood. Um, his connection to the Monopoly game began when he and his wife at the time, Marsha, moved to Atlanta, where she began work as a security auditor. She helped her husband get a job with one of her clients, Dietzler Brothers, which printed the McDonald's game pieces. He later moved to Simon Marketing, a company in the same area that produced the pieces. So he was a shady little shit, and basically... <laughs> when- <laughs> When they printed the pieces, he took them and hid them and basically, like, claimed them as, like, that's what he won. Evil. Uh, absolutely. He said that soon he started slipping the prize-winning pieces to people he knew, sometimes for profit. His stepbrother, his local butcher, who paid $2,000 for a stolen $10,000 piece. His nephew, who received a $200,000 piece in exchange for $45,000, which is horrific i also saw that it was like mobsters and other like criminals and of like the oh underworld stuff like that. it horrified like all these stories horrify me but i'm also like slightly impressed a little bit i'm kind it of makes in- me sick too <laughs> yeah i'm like what and i'm like what that you're like jeez these people are very intelligent but oh man very cool that brain for something else for something for good and then You'd be much better off. The world would be better off. Yes. Okay, this next one. <laughs> I know I said that, like, game shows today oh, don't no. <laughs> cheating, what is it now? but this one did. So, okay. who wants to be a millionaire? Cheating this scandal. One? Yeah. Okay. Okay, this one didn't have anything to do with fraud. This is just cheating the rules, okay? Okay. So the, on the British edition of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, so not the United States edition that we are very familiar with, Major mm-hmm. Charles Ingram scammed his way to the top prize by reading each of the answers out loud and waiting for one of his plant like friends in the audience, called the, an audience plant, to cough. Oh, I've heard that. Yeah. Okay. So when Ingram heard the cough, he'd know that that was the correct answer. Following his 2001 victory, the producers were immediately suspicious. An investigation revealed the fraud with all three perpetrators. Ingram, his wife, Diana, an accomplice. I'm going to butcher this name. I'm sorry. Do not come for me. No, they cheated. It's fine. (laughs) Wittock. So they eventually were found guilty in court. And there is also there's a mini series named Quiz about the scandal that aired in April of 2020. It's an it's genius, but I mean it's cheating. It's kind of like to like if you play it back to and you hear someone cough after each answer. It's like after like the third one, you're like, okay, you like, know, this is <laughs> like a sneeze. Could have done like a whoop whoop. Could have done sort of like tried to. It would have been funny if they would have tried to start doing the wave. That's even more suspicious. So you're like, <laughs> this is a chill like game show. You're not gonna do a wave. <laughs> And then, like, we just filled it, or I don't even know who they had for the UK version of the host, but we just we just filled in was the US host. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, like, so it starts the wave. Like, He's what? like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that one is funny, though. It kind of is, yeah. Okay, now we're gonna move on to my favorite one, the Fire Festival. Oh my! Okay. Like, <laughs> okay, if you don't know the Fire Festival, you have been living under a rock. It is hilarious. It's basically rich kids got screwed over. And it's funny. A little so, bit. In it's a, a little bit. Way. And it's sad, too. Because yeah. someone got all that money. But he's in jail yeah. now. So, hee <laughs> mm-hmm. But the other one is not. Um, 
So if you want to watch the two documentaries, there's one on Hulu and then the other one is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. They're very good and both are very funny. <laughs> yeah, we oh. watched the one in, on Netflix in college. That's yeah, it was just a, a whole big like, oh, it's it was everywhere. It was all over Twitter, Instagram, mm-hmm. Reddit. It was just fun. It was funny. <laughs> it's a whole, it's a big troll, big trolling thing. Pretty but, much, yeah. You know, the 20 it's 2017 already okay so we all <laughs> watched as the 2017 fire festival disaster <laughs> unfolded in real time attendees of the festival arrived hoping to document the best weekend of their lives on social media they were in like the bahamas right somewhere in the caribbean some yeah, somewhere island so unfortunately, instead of parties and musical acts, they ended up tweeting pictures of disaster tents and the infamous cheese sandwich. <laughs> Do you remember the cheese sandwich, Christina? That's the thing it, I remember the most. It was just a styrofoam to-go box, something that looked like lettuce with a t- big hunk of tomato on the top, and then bread with Swiss cheese slapped onto it. <laughs> and that was food that was the catering package or like the food package that they paid for that was the food that they were given okay so this was promoted this fire festival was promoted by models and influencers like kylie jenner Haley baldwin Haley bieber whatever she goes by people mm-hmm. like that um and they claim they had no idea what the festival was going to be they were just offered an insane amount of money to post that orange tile do you remember it was that orange tile on instagram they had to like post an orange tile and all these influencers and famous people were posting like an orange tile, nothing else, and it was like hashtag fire festival. Okay. And that was supposed to like build up the hype. So it was supposed to be a luxurious experiment experience. Maybe it would have been if founders Billy McFarlane, he's the evil genius, and Ja Rule. Ja Rule's kind of like sub has been rapper. <laughs> Has been is the emphasis. <laughs> Maybe it would have been a luxurious exper- experience if founders Billy McFarlane and Jer Rule knew how to plan an event that even sort of approximated what the slick advertisements had promised. So uh, when they came up with this fire festival, they came up with a hype video of like him, Billy McFarlane, the head honcho, and Ja Rule, the has-been rapper, <laughs> on this yacht in the Caribbean, and they were surrounded by Kylie Jenner and it's other Instagram models and influencers. A few of them were like Victoria's Secret Angels, and they were all they were doing was partying on this yacht. Mm-hmm. That was that was the whole promo, and it was just like fire festival. It's <laughs> <laughs> so, like wasn't this supposed to be like? kind of like a rival for Coachella wasn't it it was supposed to be Coachella for rich kids it was on this he advertised it as being on this illustrious private island in the Caribbean at first it was supposed to be this private island where like what's his name what's the famous coke guy from Mexico Pablo Escobar it was supposed to be Something like Pablo Escobar's plane was on it or he owned it at a time. Anyway, he wasn't able to... That was in the hype video. Okay. In the end, he wasn't able to get the island. So he was well, at the no. other <laughs> island in the Bahamas, Caribbean area. And do you remember how sad it was? Because there were people on there that he hired to set up locals that he hired to set up the stage and mm-hmm. paid them money to do all this other stuff and he didn't pay them 
It was sort of like a Ponzi scheme, right? Yeah. Where yeah. he was taking money from all these people. He wasn't paying anyone back. And I remember in that documentary, um, there was that woman that had that restaurant. Yeah. And she never got made any money. Mm-mm. Like, they helped build all this stuff with promise to, like, be paid, like, all this so they it's gave like a, all it's a the food, food, money. Yep. Yeah, they gave him all these supposed, resources. He promised them like tourism boost to yeah. their if they would invest money or give it. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. he, they didn't see a dime. Basically, no. these rich children arrived and <laughs> they arrived there. They were supposed to get on this butt like a <laughs> private um like trams or something to go to mm-hmm. the their private tents or their villas or whatever they were promised they got on school buses <laughs> and they went to the site the stage wasn't set up completely and then my favorite part was they had an information hut and it was <laughs> you remember the pictures it was just like a grass hut and no one was at the information hut like the information science was like falling off and no one was there and their tents mm-hmm. were they used tents for um hurricane disaster the disasters they used yeah. hurricane disaster tents and people were like fighting over tents who got what tent because it wasn't there, enough for everybody no there weren't enough anything there were like mattresses that they randomly had in like shipping containers that people were fighting over there were cots basically it was a complete disaster and it was hilarious because all these rich children paid thousands of dollars to get private villas and all like private yachts and jet skis and all this other stuff were sleeping in disaster huts and they were complaining <laughs> weren't they like all trying to call their parents right away and like yeah. get like off the island <laughs> yeah that was funny so they weren't they didn't get anything that they were promised and McFarland was eventually sentenced to six years in prison for the fraud that's it yeah he should be sentenced for more he has oh, this yeah. other scam. I don't remember what it's called, but it's a credit card scheme. Oh, was that bef- wasn't that before this? It was before. I don't know if okay. it's still going. I hope it isn't. Be- it's it basically like- it was some crazy like black card for college yeah. students. He was the same thing. He was at- advertising luxury, like um, exclusive rights to get into clubs, restaurants, hotels, and you didn't get any of it. We're, no, giving, we're giving him money. Just a lying sack of poop. And I like that. I think that's where we should end. All these people <laughs> are lying sacks of poop. Human pieces of wet what? lettuce. Wet lettuce, yeah. Wet lettuce. Stupid wet lettuce. I like it. <laughs> I'm done. You're done? <laughs> I don't know. Right. Thank you guys so much for listening to this interesting podcast. This episode was weird. Episode. That's all I can say. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please listen to another one. (laughs) So hope you guys enjoyed listening to our ramblings about a whole bunch of different topics. Anyway, we love getting emails. I love reading them. They cheer me up. So send us an email. If you want to email us, you can email us at fwplisteners at gmail.com. And you can follow us and DM us on our Instagram page at the Foolish Wanderers Podcast. And you can watch and make sure you subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. At the Foolish Wanderers Podcast. Anyway, guys, um, thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. E. Bye. Bye.
，欧阳，欧阳，欧阳，欧阳。那是这个病，这个，哎呀，哎呀，哎呀，哎呀，哎呀，哎呀 ，I don't know, I don't want, I don't know, what's it called? Australian pig, I don't know. Australian pigs, they have fangs and want to kill you. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. Could you imagine walking at this big honking pig walking out of the forest? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I would shit my pants. 